Amen and amen. Would you pray with me wherever you are? Lord, we thank you today that, Jesus, you are at the center of it all. Lord, we gather here in this room, online, wherever we find ourselves in this moment, we are here because, uh, Jesus, we know that in you is life. When you are in the center of our lives, it is where we find life. And our prayer today is that uh, our lives might reflect more and more of who you are. Lord, I pray that in the moments ahead of us, even as we open up your word, that God, each one of us might have a, a little bit, a little bit of our, our eyes and vision of who you are just opened a little bit more. Lord, if there's work you want to do in our hearts, our lives to change us, transform us, Lord, pray that you do that. Most of all, just that each one of us might hear, uh, Lord, not, not from me or my voice, but that each one of us might hear uh, a whisper from you, something fresh from you, from your word. That's our prayer today. In Jesus' name. And everybody agreed, said, amen, amen. Hey, welcome everybody. Welcome to True North. Welcome everybody down at Mullaloo. Welcome everybody watching online and happy Mother's Day. Can we have a big clap for all the mothers in and around? We all came from a mother. Celebrate our mothers today. You could grab a seat if you're standing, if you're standing like we are here. It's uh, great to be with you on, on Mother's Day. What a, it's a special day. And if you didn't know it was Mother's Day, consider that a gift. You still got time. So, uh, my name, if we've never met, my name's Dean. I'm part of the team here at, at True North, and uh, it's great to have you with us where, wherever you're joining from. And uh, we are, as a church, we've been uh, talking about uh, coming out of Easter. We're in a series so every Sunday. If, you, if you're new to church, every Sunday we get together and uh, we look into the scriptures and see how God can teach us through it. And coming out of Easter, uh, we, at Easter we celebrate Jesus' death and his resurrection more than anything. We celebrate that he's opened up life. We believe every person has had now uh, can step into the life that God wants for us. Uh, and then out of that, we're in a series called Own the Mission. And it's called Own the Mission because uh, Easter isn't something we just kind of celebrate once a year and say, this is great and great news and great that it happened and great to celebrate. But actually, out of Easter, Jesus gives all his followers a mission. And he says, basically, you can take this good news of what I've done, of what's happened, of what God's done. You're going to take that good news into all the world. You're going to go uh, tell people about it everywhere. And you're going to make what he calls disciples. You're going to teach people to learn, to walk in this new way of life that I have for them. We're going to own the mission. So the whole idea of this series, Own the Mission, is recognizing that uh, that mission that Jesus gave his followers is not for someone else. It's not for somewhere else. It's not for some place else. It's actually given to each and every one of us uh, who is a follower of Jesus. And so we looked the first week in this whole idea of owning the mission. If you're a follower of Jesus, one of the things we can do that's just simple and easy is to invite people along, bring them to meet Jesus. One of the places you can meet Jesus is where, his, uh, where the, his, his, uh, the body of Christ is gathered, what we call the church. Uh, we looked last week at how do we have conversations that matter so that we can speak about things in life that matter, life and faith and meaning and, and sharing uh, actually verbally uh, the good news uh, of what God has done. And now this week, we're going to spend a, a week looking at how to own the mission. One of the things that ways that it flows out of us is that we are called to, if you're a follower of Jesus, we are called to share the love. 
Uh, wherever you are, turn to somebody next to you and say, share the love. Share the love. And, uh, you know, this whole idea of sharing the love, it can sound, you know, kind of nice. It can sound fun. Uh, we love to talk about kind of, you know, share love seems like a good thing, you know. Uh, you know, spread love, spread love. It's the Brooklyn way. It's a good thing, you know. There's, it's a great thing to kind of talk about. We, we can share love, but sharing love is not necessarily always just an easy slogan to print on a t-shirt, but love, as we see in the scriptures, is always something that actually costs us. And so while it might be kind of a great saying or we could think, man, that'll feel good, love sometimes costs us. Now it always leads to joy in life, but sharing love is not always the easiest thing. So we're going to look today at what it looks like as a follower of Jesus to share the love. And we're going to do that by looking at a unique passage for Mother's Day. Uh, we're going to look at a unique moment where, you know, we are called to follow Jesus. We're going to watch how Jesus uh, loves his mother in a very special kind of moment, a unique moment. We're actually going to go back to a moment that took place while Jesus was on the cross and an interaction between him and his mother at that moment when he's on the cross, which actually creates a great picture for all of us on what it looks like to love well and to love the way Jesus loved. So uh, John chapter 19 gives us this picture. It takes us to the cross some of Jesus' final words from the cross, and here's what happens. His mother, Mary, is there, and a few other women, one of his disciples named John, who always refers to himself. He's the one who wrote this. He always calls himself the disciple Jesus loved, and uh, John 19, 25 says this. Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. If you've ever read the New Testament, Every other person's name is Mary. So it makes it very confusing. One of the Marys there is his mother Mary. In verse 26, when Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved, that's John, the one who wrote this, standing nearby, he said to her, woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, here is your mother. From that time on, this disciple took her into his home. Now, I want us just for a few minutes to try and unpack what was happening in this moment. It's a really profound interaction between Jesus and his mother, and also included is John, this disciple. Now, what is going on here? Why this particular interaction? And why saying, you know, John, here is your mother, and, and Mary, here is your son? See, what was happening here in this moment, Jesus is on the cross. He is the eldest son of his mother. He has uh, other brothers, uh, but he is the eldest son, of course, the divinely uh, brought about conception, the, the son of God, but also the son of Mary. Uh, Joseph, at some point, Jesus kind of earthly uh, father, if you will, has passed away, and Mary is on her own. She's a widow, and she has sons. And now Jesus, the oldest of those sons, is about to meet his death on the cross. And one of the customs that was critical in their day was that uh, if you had a, a widow, but she had sons, uh, to be a, a, a woman in their culture and in their time who had no husband or no sons was to find yourself in an extraordinarily precarious and vulnerable position. And so she has already lost her husband. She's a widow, but she has sons. Jesus, her oldest son, is about to uh, meet his death. She's there in that moment. And Jesus, in that moment, is going to address a very practical need and reality for her, which is her provision into 
the future. Now, I think this is incredible because for a moment, just imagine, this is Jesus, and he is on the cross. He has experienced all of the, uh, the torture, the beatings, all these things that have led to this moment. And there in this moment, if ever there was a moment where you might have thought, this is maybe a moment just to look after you or just to do what you got to do in this moment. If ever there was a moment that sort of might have felt like, you know what, it's okay. You know, Jesus is known for love and always loving others and looking outward. And if ever there was a moment, you might have thought, okay, now it, this is his final act of love for all the world. Just to, But in that moment, wow, what he does. He sees his mother there. And he decides, I'm going to, in this moment, fulfill my obligation as a son, and I am going to love my mother well. And by doing that, he says, I am going to see to it that you are provided for. And so he says, this will now be your son, John, and John, this will be your mother. In those words, as we were reading them, uh, it, it, he says, woman, here is your son. Now, you might in English to say, woman, here is your son, may not sound uh, quite right. Like if I called, you know, my mom, woman, you might be like, I'm not sure that's how you should talk to your mom, right? You know, woman, you know, uh, woman, I'd love some, you know, cereal. That would not go well, you know. <laughs> but uh, in, in the Greek, the word there, woman, it's actually a, it's a term of endearment. It doesn't come across perfectly into our English translations. But in Greek, he's saying something very kind of, you know, affectionate to, to his mother. And he's saying to her, that, like, dear, dear woman or dear mother. He's, he's, he and his pain is seeing uh, what she needs. And he says, here's your son. Now, what he's doing, as I said, he has to provide for her. This is his obligation as a son, and this, in this moment, he wants to ensure that he provides for his mother. Now, what's fascinating, though, is he had other younger brothers. So there are kind of a couple of options in terms of how that custom could have been fulfilled in this moment. One option is Jesus could have said nothing. He could have assumed that, you know what, the other brothers will take up uh, their responsibility. I know she'll be looked after. I don't need to say or do anything right here because they'll, they'll do what they're meant to do and I'm sure she'll be looked after. That could have been, we'll call it option A. Option B, in that moment, he could have said, uh, dear woman, uh, uh, you know, my brothers will look after you or something to that effect. He could have made it kind of clear that that was how the custom was going to be fulfilled. That was who was going to look after. Instead, he chooses something unique and he says, dear woman, here is your son, John, my disciple, is going to now be your son. And John, you are going to now look after her. Now, why is this uh, kind of unique? Because and, and what, what we can see from it is in some ways, we have to ask ourselves, what was different about John than Jesus' other brothers? Why was John going to be the better person to look after his mother? Why was this a preferred arrangement? And what we know that's different about John versus uh, what's different about both actually John and Mary and Jesus' other brothers uh, was that they were not disciples of Jesus. They did not believe in Jesus. They make that clear. Other passages let us know. They didn't believe in kind of the message that he was bringing forward at this point. Whereas Mary and John were both considered as disciples of his. Why do I say all this to you? Or why is this kind of helpful for us, I think, when we think about what it looks like to own the mission? Because here in this extraordinary moment, what you see is that what Jesus is almost like he's tying together and going, what matters even more than just his mother's kind of physical provision 
was also, uh, it's not exactly what we mean, but her spiritual provision. What mattered was that she wasn't just looked after in her physical realities, but actually that she would become part of the family of faith. Jesus knows he's about to go to the cross. He knows he's about to, that their faith, the faith of John, the faith of Mary, is about to find fullness. They're going to, in just a few days, fully understand who he was. And Jesus is already looking forward going, I, I want you to be provided for within the context of this faith, within the context of, of actually tying together faith in who he was and the practical realities of love. And why I love this moment is because I think it just paints this picture for all of us who want to be a follower of Jesus to know that that to own his mission, to carry out the work he's given us to do in this world, it is to bring together faith in who Jesus is and in what he has done. And to connect that and let that overflow into practical acts of love and service. That these two things, if you're a follower of Jesus, we know it must always, faith and works always go together. That our faith should always connect with. But our faith does not just work itself out. And we live in a world that loves like the idea of random acts of kindness. And random acts of kindness are good. There's nothing wrong with that. I, I like to do a, a random act of kindness as much as anybody. There's nothing wrong. That's good. But as a follower of Jesus, to own the mission of Jesus is to do more than to just kind of have faith in Jesus over here and then do kind things at times, but rather to have an extraordinarily integrated and pulled together sense of my faith in Jesus causes me to look outward and demonstrate that faith through love and practical service. It's what we see Jesus do even on the cross. Love, love in the New Testament idea of love. We love the idea of love and sharing love. Love is always in the New Testament, this idea of agape, of will to good. That means I choose the good of another over my own. It's Jesus on a cross in all his pain saying, I still choose in this moment to act for the good of my mother and to look out for her practical realities. And I'm connecting that. I'm going to connect her to John. I want this to, to be an overflow and expression of faith, if you will, as a way of, of saying it. You know, I, I love this little moment, especially on a Mother's Day, because uh, it reminds us that, that truly to love is always to uh, if you're a follower of Jesus, it is out of our understanding of God's love for us to be those who sacrificially look to express that love to others. You know, one of the, one of the, the many ways we do this as a, a church, as a, uh, as a tribe here at True North, is we partner with different uh, organizations around the world. Uh, through our giving here, if you're someone who, who gives uh, of your finances at, at True North Church, we set aside 5% of those finances to go specifically out kind of globally to make an impact in the world. And we partner with different organizations. And we do that not just because we think, hey, Jesus, you know, died for me and we should do some nice things in the world. It's far more than that. We want it to always be an extension of how we express the love of God in this world. And so today, on Mother's Day, we're going to hear uh, from one of our partners, Opportunity International, and we're going to hear about the extraordinary work that they do with mothers. And so I'm going to invite my good friend, uh, Kyron Johnson, is going to come on up. Give him a clap wherever you are, if you're online, if you're down in Mullaloo. And he's just going to share with us a bit about the extraordinary work they do uh, to express love uh, in this world. So here we go. Thank you, Dean. Um, happy Mother's Day. Yeah, very good. 
Uh, I trust that Mother's Day has gone well for you. Uh, if, if you're a mother this morning, whatever that looks like, perhaps that's uh, an early morning wake up and breakfast in bed or what we would call crumbs in bed, um, which is a gift that keeps on giving. You know what the best breakfast in bed is? A sleep-in. Just remember that for next year, perhaps. But we're here to celebrate a very different Mother's Day, and I'm so thrilled to be part of it again this year. Uh, and we celebrate courageous mothers. And I've been thinking, motherhood is inherently courageous. Just by becoming a mother is an act of courage. By getting up every single day and carrying the burden of love and care and concern for your child is a courageous act. Sometimes just even thinking about taking your child out into public is a courageous act. Loving children that are not your own is a courageous act, especially if you are not able to have children. Becoming a mother after not, not, maybe not having the best relationship with your mother is a courageous act. Motherhood is inherently courageous. And I wanted to introduce you to uh, a courageous mother that I know through the work of opportunity as we celebrate Mother's Day and a very different Mother's Day. Uh, let's meet Amina and her mother. My name is Amina, and my story is one of hope. As a child, I remember the holes in the roof dripping water during the rain and waiting to see if my father, a tricycle driver, would come home with rice for dinner. After harvest time, my parents used to pick up scraps and leftovers just to ensure we could eat. When I was in school, I remember sewing together blank pages from old notebooks because we couldn't afford school supplies. Our special Christmas lunch was a bowl of porridge. As a family, we had to survive on $4 a day. No matter how hard my family worked, we seemed to be trapped in a cycle of poverty. But then we discovered about the small loans available from Opportunity International Australia. Mom had an idea to start a bakery business, so we took out a loan for $123 from one of Opportunity's microfinance partners. This was enough to buy free pigs and begin providing a better future for me and my sister. My university education and my professional career would never have been possible without this opportunity. Opportunity helps families in poverty grow small businesses, earn regular incomes, and improves their access to life-changing healthcare and education. They enable people uncertain of how they will survive to have dreams and a future like me. Across the world, the COVID-19 pandemic has devastated millions of families in vulnerable communities. Every day, they wake up to poverty, sickness, and hunger. Imagine facing this pandemic in a slum where social distancing is virtually impossible. Water is contaminated and soap is a luxury. Then imagine being locked down, unable to run the business that enables you to feed your family. Schools have been closed, 
And when they reopen, many children won't be able to come back. They either have to work to put food on the table or their families simply cannot afford it. Just like with a natural disaster or war, it's what happens in the aftermath that dictates the future. With this pandemic, that time begins now. With a small loan, families can rebuild the businesses that have been devastated by COVID-19. A small loan can help them get back on their feet so they can build a better life for their families. A small loan helped my mother break the cycle of poverty in our family. It enabled us to think about life beyond our next meal, to get an education, to see a path into the future. The dreams I had as a child became reality. I was able to finish school, get a scholarship, and go to an American university. I can pay it forward and create the same opportunities I had for other families in need. Breaking the poverty cycle does so much more than fix a leaky roof. Not only is my parents' house now renovated, but my sister is now a preschool teacher doing a PhD. Without my mom's courage, combined with a small loan, my family's life could have been very different. I am a living proof of what's possible with an opportunity provided by someone like you. And in the aftermath of COVID-19, families in poverty need our help now more than ever. Together, we can make an impact. But there is no we without you. To make a real difference in the world, please partner with Opportunity International Australia today. My mother's courage combined with a small loan, that made all the difference. You see, sometimes courage isn't enough. Sometimes there are challenges and obstacles and pandemics that get in the way of a mother providing for her family and lifting them out of poverty. And that's where Opportunity International Australia comes in. We're ending poverty one family and one community at a time through the power of a small loan. Mother can take that, start a business, create an income, put food on the table, send her children to school, which is the key component. And as you kind of see in Amina's story there, the education component was so significant. Then they pay the loan back and then the loan gets lent out to somebody else. 98% of loans get repaid and recycled. 95% of our clients are women, most of whom are mothers. Mothers make a significant difference. If you can empower a courageous mother, that will change her family and change her community. And on a side note as well, Amina, a couple of months ago, became a mother for the first time. She had her first child. So this is her first Mother's Day. And I know that the life of her child will be different to the life that she experienced and the different to the life that her mother experienced because of her mother's courage. That is what breaking the cycle of poverty looks like. And so we're encouraging you to be part of a very different Mother's Day today by making a donation on behalf of your mother or on behalf of a significant woman in your life. $160 can create one small loan for a family. And if you do that this morning, I will provide you with a small card that says uh, that you can give to your mother or a significant woman in your life that says, on your behalf, I've made a donation and supported a courageous mother in India or Indonesia. So you can do that this morning a couple of different ways. We have a QR code that will appear on the screen. Um, I also have QR codes back there at my table at the back. There's a credit card machine. There is uh, 
what they call a pen and paper. You can, can write down information as well. We've got donation forms for you. But I'd love you to support and be part of a very different Mother's Day uh, today on this very special day where we celebrate courageous mothers, but at the same time we can empower courageous mothers. Thank you. Give them a clap. Give them a clap and the amazing work uh, that these guys are doing. You know, I love what Amina said at the beginning of her story. She said, this is a story of hope. This is a story of hope. And, it, and if, you're, if you're new here at, at True North, this is uh, a big part of what drives us. And if you're part of the, the tribe here at True North, you know, we believe that through the gospel, through what God has done for each one of us, we can actually bring hope into the world. And so we don't have to look at the, the challenges and the difficulties and the pain and just think, well, there's no hope. We can actually say, no, we believe there is hope. And as followers of Jesus, we are called to follow Jesus into this way of life where we are looking outward and not thinking, what, what do we need? But looking and saying, you know, God, how can I extend your love? Will it be costly? Absolutely. It costs. You can't share the love and think, well, that'll just happen. No, it always costs. It costs of our time. It costs of our, our finances. It costs of the energy that we put in. But, you know, there's a great verse in Proverbs. I love uh, how it comes out in the message. It says this. It says, the world of the generous gets larger. Proverbs eleven twenty four. The world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. It's a great reminder that as we are generous, and not just with our finances, but just generous people, because God was so generous to us, we know that he did not spare even his own son because he was so generous to us. We are free to be generous in our lives. And so as followers of Christ, we're called to share the love, to own that mission, to say, God, we're going to follow in the way of Jesus. And because we know that there is a God who loves us and who has provided for all things for us, we don't have to hold on to every last thing. We don't have to make our world about us and our small story and our things that are, are I, there's, you know, we've all got our different challenges we're facing. But when we enter the world of the generous, because we have a generous God, our world gets larger. And wow, we get to be a part of seeing people's lives change like Amina and then her children and all that. What an extraordinary gift it is to be a part of Jesus' mission in this world. And so I just want to encourage you, if you're someone who gives here at True North, uh, this is one of our global partners. We contribute $5,000 a year, and all of that goes, uh, that $5,000, it goes into Opportunity International and to seeing lives change like Amina's that we heard today. If you give here, you're a part of that. You're a part of seeing those lives change. And each one of us, I encourage you, if you're here today, uh, what an opportunity to go and to uh, get that last-minute gift that you, did, that you didn't, it's not that you forgot, that you strategically planned for, for a special uh, mother or woman in your life uh, to maybe go get one of those loans. Uh, Lisa's watching down in Malu. Lisa, I got your mother's gift right here, Mother's Day gift, and not because I forgot, uh, but because I just wanted to add onto everything that we're doing to celebrate you today. But I, I went and got that because I know this is our, our we, we want to be people. I know Lisa, if I didn't get it for her, she'd be like, oh, why didn't we? Because what an opportunity. Oh, as far as Jesus. I love Opportunity International. If you're a part of the tribe here, I love that we partner with these guys. I love that through our generosity, we can be part of sharing the love of Jesus in this world. And what they do at Opportunity, the way we've got so many different partners do so many things. I love this, this kind of sustainable, empowering women, empowering mothers to love and care for their families. What better way uh, to celebrate Mother's Day? What a great way to be a part of sharing the love.
And I'm going to invite everywhere you are uh, just to stand up. We're going to pray. We're going to pray that God would take uh, that which we contributed as a church into Opportunity National, that which different people will go and, and grab some of those gifts today. We're going to pray that God would use all of that to see uh, his kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven, to see more lives, more stories, more families, more generations changed. A move of his spirit in this world that is changing lives, but the love of Christ. Would you join me in praying this morning? Lord, together... Uh, we stand and say thank you for your generosity to us. Thank you that you are the one who did not spare your own son, but rather graciously gave him up for us all. Thank you that so great is your love for us. Lord, for every one of us here who has come to a, a belief, a faith, a confidence in what you've done for us in Jesus, I pray that you would only increase through your spirit within us our sense of love and security that is flowing from your heart into ours. And that, Jesus, you would be at the center of our life and transforming us from the inside out. And, Lord, I pray that as we, your people, respond in seeking to share your love with others, that you would, wherever you've placed each person this week, would you enable them to be a beacon of your love in that place, to have eyes that can look out and see who they can provide for in ways large or small, this week, wherever they find themselves. And Lord, I pray specifically for your work through Opportunity International, through the gifts that, uh, that are, we will give as a church, that others that will be given today. Lord, I pray that every uh, one of those dollars, they would go out. They would be more than a dollar. They would be an expression of the life-changing love of Jesus. That, Lord, every mother whose hands those loans find their way into. God, we pray that not only that practical assistance, but also the outpouring of just the love of their Heavenly Father would just be poured out into their lives. And that as they are able to start businesses, we pray blessing on those businesses, that, that cycles of poverty be broken, that family generations be changed, and that the love of God be spread across this world you created. So Lord, take our humble gifts and in your hands do far more than we could ask or imagine, we pray. Thank you for your love toward us. Thank you for the love of your spirit poured out into each of our lives. God, we celebrate you today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We're going to sing a song together. And I want to invite you to make this not just a song we sing, but a prayer. Uh, it may be a little bit unfamiliar. It's a new song. It's one written right here at True North. And it's a song all about a move of God's spirit. And as we think about this idea of owning uh, his mission, of, of responding to the words of Jesus to go and take this good news into all the world, let's make this a prayer. We pray that God would really release a move of his spirit because that's what changes lives and it's what takes the pains and hurts of this world and brings hope and healing. And so let's, let's sing together, but let's more than that, let's pray together for a move of God's Spirit.